Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me, as always, is my mom. Hi, Hi mom. How's it going? I am here. I'm here as yeah. always. Joining me, like, in person, yeah. is my like mom. We're together in the same room. Yeah. Um, so Looking today, at each other's beautiful faces. So beautiful right now. <laughs> so today we are going to be talking about Archer's Voice by Mia Sheridan, and later we are going to discuss Second Chance or Fresh Start Romances, which was the theme this month over on the Reading Challenge going on on our Facebook group. But first, Mom, what have you been reading? Oh, I don't have my phone in front of me to tell me, but I think I know. Okay. Okay, so the last thing we did was Well Met. It was. Okay, and then I read the two Kennedy Ryan books for yes. The Kingmaker and The Rebel King. As Ooh. did I. Okay, so I got those. Then I read, I went nutso and read something out there. I read another Amy Harmon. I read What the Wind Knows by Amy Harmon, which was amazing. It was so good. Um, and then I read our book for today. And that one is kind of like time travel romance, right? It is time traveling. Um, so there you go. If that's your... It was really good, but it was about like the Irish rebellion in the 1920s and, you know, sometime when the Irish were trying to get their independence from the British, which seems <laughs> to be... Could be a time travel through yeah. many, many times. But um, it was really, really good. Okay. I think I might listen to that because you got it on Audible as well. And I think I might listen to that one next. Um, Mom, in addition to our two books, well, our three books that we've read since the last one, um, I have listened to two other I know. You beat me this time. I know. Um, I listened to Love Her or Lose Her by Tessa Bailey, which fits into kind of the second chance, fresh start romance theme. Um, and it's the follow-up sequel to Fix Her Up, which we did on the show and right. loved. Um, In and fact, the, it got our steamiest moment it last did. year. It got it because that was steamy. And I will tell you, this one could also be in contention for... <laughs> for so I didn't read it. So. For very steamy. Um, and then uh, I listened to, uh, finally, Brazen and the Beast by Sarah McLean, which... Uh, we also did the first book. Which I read a long time ago. So. Yeah, well, it came out a long time ago, and I've been wanting to... It's it's literally been in my currently reading on Goodreads for like <laughs> eight months. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been listening to more books lately, and that's been helpful in getting me to read more books because, you know, I'm always out walking my dog, and it's been... I've been able to kind of listen... Here and there at work, maybe. Um, oh. So, so you're that kind of employee. My boss doesn't listen to this, so we're okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, and yeah, as we mentioned, we are together right now, we looking are. at our beautiful unshowered faces. <laughs> it's been that kind of day where we've done absolutely zero nothing. <laughs> we've mainly been watching a lot of murder. Sh- like that's literally all we've been doing. Yeah, watching murder shows. Watching murder shows. Well, Ellen finished the book this morning. Yeah. And then we watched murder shows the rest of the day. Yes. And you think we're exaggerating. I'm and still in my pajamas. <laughs> and as am I. Um, braless. Since Uh-oh. last night. Yeah. <laughs> and we look radiant. Um, of course we do. Which is, you know, our natural grease and oils are making us extra radiant right now. Um, but yeah, we've had a good mom came out. 
a few days ago. I did. And we've just been hanging out. I had tickets to a play. Yes. To the play. And that's pretty much all we've done. Yeah. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Um, So today we are going to be talking about Archer's Voice by Mia Sheridan. This is a standalone book that came out in 2014. I was even looking to see if there were like... Anything Other books kind characters. of tied. I was, because the the one person that she introduced and I was like, I wonder if he gets his own book, is Gage Buchanan. Like, at the very end, in at the New Year's Eve party. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because oh, yeah. it was such a fleeting mention for, like, seemingly no reason that I was kind of like... Well, and her two little girlfriends, I could see them getting a book, and then Travis getting a book. I didn't look very closely, but it seems like... That has not happened. And you guys can let me know if I'm wrong. Which is fine. I mean, it's, but. Yeah. Those are, if, if, if I were, if it were part of a series, I'd say those are the people who are doing yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so because mom and I have been so busy today. Oh, such a busy day. <laughs> such a busy day. Our um, watches are like, what's the matter? Are you okay? Yeah. Do I need to call 911? Well, you need to, you need to specify that our, we have like the Apple watches. <laughs> and so we, our joke is that like. It's always giving us a hard time if we're not doing anything. We don't have like time. We're very judgy. We don't have time X's <laughs> that are like talking to us. Um, okay, so here's the back cover description for Archer's Voice. When Bree Prescott arrives in the sleepy lakeside town of Pelion, Maine, is that how you were thinking? Pelion. Pelion, Maine. She hopes against hope that this is the place where she will finally find the peace she so desperately seeks. On her first day there, her life collides with Archer Hale, an isolated man who holds a secret agony of his own, a man no one else sees. Archer's voice is the story of a woman chained to the memory of one horrifying night and the man whose love is the key to her freedom. It is a story of a silent man who lives with an excruciating wound and the woman who helps him find his voice. It is a story of suffering, fate, and the transformative power of love. Mom. What did you think of Archer's voice? Ellen, I loved this book. Now, I don't know that you loved it as much as me, but I loved this book and I cried multiple times and she did. I just thought it was amazing. Um I think this is a a really liked for me. I think that it's possible that I just was not in the mindset this week for this book. Um, well, I had no mindset whatsoever, so it just washed over me, and I loved it. The, um, I, I have was... one little quibble that I'll get to because it's going to go with one of your questions. Okay. It's tiny, tiny little minuscule quibble, but the, I just loved the book. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a crazy week at work, and then I'm PMSing, and I just think that I was kind of too grouchy to be... <laughs> And And I was nagging you to get the book done. And you were nagging me to get the book done. And you were like, what party are you at? What party are you at? What party are you at? (laughs) Um, Because I wanted to know where you were. (laughs) Um, But I did really like it. And I definitely see, like, why people like it. And um, I've read books that this kind of reminds me of that, and they're books that a lot of people like, and I read them and I just don't get it. But this one, like, I get it. And I also really liked it there I there was something missing for me and I can't quite pinpoint it and then we'll get into some of my more quibbles but I did really like it um I yeah and here's here's this is my minuscule quibble 
um, which you're going to laugh at. I cannot identify with having such an emotionally stable dog that you can leave him alone for like <laughs> entire nights. Well, this is different than my other quibble. My quibble was, I can't imagine moving to Maine and enjoying it. Now, if we have listeners out there who live in Maine, I'm super sorry. I lived in a horrible part of Maine. Yeah, we that, did. That, like, we called it Southern Canada. It was like way north. Um, it was, there was snow on the ground from October till the end of May. It was miserable. Then the bugs would come out and you'd have bugs all summer. I was not a happy person there. I was. I had two babies there. I mean, we, there were such cute babies too. Oh my gosh. Well, not you. You were born in Maine. (laughs) That's true. Well, they're okay too, but you had a very cute toddler there. (laughs) She was okay. Um, but, uh, so I had a bad experience in Maine. Plus we were three hours north of, uh, in Bangor, which is like a nothing town, but that was our main town that was three hours south of where we lived. And I was, I was pretty much miserable. Were I to live there now, where I would have Amazon and FaceTime and internet, internet yeah. and all these streaming. And- yeah. All these things. It would have been a different experience, but I was miserable. I couldn't, there was nowhere to shop for anything. There was nowhere to do anything. And not that I'm a big shopper. I'm not a big shopper. But it's just I was trying to find things for my babies. And I couldn't find things. And I would, it would frustrate me. Yeah. Yeah. Mom didn't like it. No, I didn't. But there are parts <laughs> of Maine that I'm sure people enjoy. Yeah, well, that's what I tell people that we lived in Maine. And they're like, oh, I hear it's beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, it is apparently. But not parts <laughs> not where, that, not not where, where we lived. lived. Um, but... Ma, I mean, she kept talking about, like, leaving her dog overnight, and I was like, how? How do you do that? Like, my <laughs> dog can would... leave our dogs overnight. My dog would, like, howl the roof down. Whatever. Your dog's a big baby. <laughs> he is. He loves me too much. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's get actually into actual... Stop aspects. talking about us and our issues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what did you think of Brie as our heroine? I liked Brie. I liked her a lot. I liked... I could get where she was coming from. She was coming off of a, you know, traumatic experience. Yeah. And she wanted to get away. Yeah. To Maine, which would be... My... Know. Okay. This... And this is my quibble with, with her. Um, It's not even my quibble with her, but I don't understand her friends who were like, come home, come home. And it's like, can you please, like, understand where she's coming from? <laughs> yeah. Why, and support why her? Why want to come back to everything that reminds her of that Well, not experience? only that, but... Her father's killer and rapist are still on the loose. Like, if she wants to move multiple states away, like, freaking let her and support (laughs) her in that decision. Like, it felt, like, really selfish to me for for Natalie to be like, come home, but, like, I miss you. Like, come back to your real life, da-da-da-da-da. And it's like... They know you're just there temporarily, right? Yeah. All that. I was like, come on. Like, you're adults now. Like, Well, I think they thought they were helping her. Yeah, but anyway. Okay, but I I also really liked Brie. I thought she was um, really strong. And I really appreciated that she was the only freaking person in this town to see him. To reach out to this poor and guy. And reach out to him. <laughs> like, I was telling mom and... You know, towards the end, when, spoiler alert, he 
takes over the town and everybody's like, oh, yes, we love you so much. I'm like, you people suck. <laughs> like, you don't deserve him, to be honest. And I don't know. I was I was frustrated with... And then, like, all these people coming up to Bree, like, oh, I'm so glad you reached out to him. I should have done that years ago. And I was like, yeah, you should have. Especially with what he'd been through at such a young age. Yeah. And then he was living with his uncle, who they knew was crazy, which we probably should save this discussion for when we talk about Archer. But yeah. um, I really liked Bree. And I liked that she was able to reach out to him. And, I'm, and I liked that she... You know, they'd both been through traumatic experiences. They both were trying to help each other through issues, even though she didn't know his for a long time. Um, but she knew there was something bad that yeah. had happened. Uh, I I thought she... I really liked Brie. Yeah, me too. And I thought um, she didn't do anything that... Well, she did... My The only thing that she did that pissed me off was towards the end when he tells her what happens and that... Spoiler alert, he is actually his uncle's son. And then, and he's like, you know, but this is a long-held secret, blah, 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 blah. And, like, the first thing she does is yell it out in the middle in of, the of the town. In town on yeah. parade day. Yeah. Um, that was the only thing she did that pissed me off. But I really liked her. I thought, like, all of her decision-making was and sound. That turned out to be a bit of a non-issue. I mean, it, they, yeah, it was It was totally a non-issue, but I just didn't appreciate it as, like, a, well, that was kind of a crappy thing to do. <laughs> um... But, yeah, I thought all of her decision-making was sound, which, you know, we don't always right. think that. Um, okay, what did you think of Archer as our hero, Mom? What did you think of Archer? I loved Archer. He was a sweet baby angel. He was. Um, he just... I mean, his whole the whole experience that he went through was heartbreaking. Yeah. And that... Like his Aunt Tori and all these people were like, this is your fault. This is your fault. All this happened because of you. This seven-year-old little boy. And gosh, he was just so broken. And yeah. um, then he lived with, with his crazy uncle, who I get was a sweet guy, but was a little crazy. And um, Well, and kind of kept him more removed. Very from, isolated because yeah. he had his own paranoia issues. And so he tended to keep Archer very isolated. And that just added to... Archer's weirdness in the eyes of everybody else. But um, I just thought he was so... I mean, as you got to know more of his perspective and more of what he was thinking, he was just such a sweetheart. I just spent the whole book, like, wanting to hug him and just, like, I know. everything's going to be okay, hon. Yeah. You're okay. And, and you do have really nice muscles. Yeah. <laughs> and this, this whole situation yeah, that you're working... Could you take your shirt off while we do this, please? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, feel free. <laughs> If it makes you more comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I found, like, the the mute aspect of his character to be, character to be really interesting and well done. Um, have we ever read a um, mute? Mm-mm. I haven't even, no. Or not even deaf or anything where they have to sign. Yeah. Um, it was good. I, I thought it was well done. Yeah, I think I've read a deaf hero before. And we've read a blind, we've read a couple blind heroes um, I know at least one Tessadere is, is a blind hero. Um, but, and I'm familiar with kind of, um, people who are deaf who have to sign, but this whole, like, like no his, sound comes his, out of him. Yeah. He's like actually mute. Um, but I did love the way when he signed to her, does it bother you that you can't 
know how me. I'm feeling yeah. like during sex and stuff. And she's like, I know exactly how you're feeling. I, I watch your face. And I think that's why it was important that he shaved his beard and everything off because she got so much out of his facial expressions and, you know, just and the way he would touch her and stuff. And she well, and especially with her, he was just like so emotionally expressive like in his eyes and yeah. and things like that that she was never missing out on that um yeah I thought he was really sweet I and like as we get to know more of his backstory I just like Mm-mm. felt for him more I know. and um uh yeah we'll talk about him some more but uh let's talk about that strip club scene mm. <laughs> I don't want to um <laughs> I didn't like it up until we learned nothing had happened. Um, when it was happening, I did not like it. And then when it looked like he had slept with the stripper, I really didn't like it. And then when we found out that, like, he hadn't really done anything, like, he hadn't gone all the way with her, I was like, okay, I'm willing to forgive this scene. Well, I think the purpose of that scene was to show how removed he was from just the way things work out in society and how he kept thinking, well, maybe this is what people do. Maybe he knew his dad had done stuff like that. And he, he just didn't know he'd had no interaction whatsoever with any kind of society. And it kind of showed what a, how childlike he was in a lot of ways that he didn't understand how these things worked. And it seemed like, uh, he, so it kind of showed his, I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. I don't know what I'm supposed to do in this situation. Well, and kind of also how childlike he is in how kind of easy he was to manipulate. Yeah. And it was breaking my heart when Travis was just like, you know, she doesn't want someone like you. She wants someone who can take care of her and her needs. And and someone who has experience and knows what they're doing. (laughs) And it was heartbreaking. And, um, And it kind of helps understand what happens later on in the story where he feels yeah. the need to leave. Yeah. And um, so I think that that all kind of stems, you know, pushes him towards that. Yeah. Um, and then I think this is a good place to talk about Travis. Mm. Um, I really didn't like Travis. I still don't like Travis. But I did kind of appreciate him getting a sort of redemption, redemption because... That feels slightly more authentic because there's not, I don't know, there's not a lot of people out there, I think, that are just straight up evil and... Well, except for his mother. Except for his mother. <laughs> well, and I think that's part of where he comes from. I mean, he was raised alone by this woman who was horrible. Yeah. And so I think Travis was kind of... A byproduct yeah, of, of that. And so... Manipulation. I appreciated... That at the end of the day, at the end of the book, like, you still don't like him as a reader, but it's like, okay, he's, he's working on things. Right. And And he could redeem himself. Yeah. Be a better person. Um, and he obviously has a very complicated relationship with Archer, who I think he now recognizes he needs to kind of. He should have been nicer to him to, right. to begin with, but... But he had his mother pushing him to... Yeah. And now that they have this kind of new facet of their relationship, I think it'll be good that he... I think he would redeem himself, hopefully. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I I thought that that was well handled in that she shows that this guy who's a douchebag and bit flawed. Of a, bit of a dick. Yeah. Um, so, anyway. Um, there's a lot that happens in this book. There's We've a got a lot of trauma and life-threatening moments and death scares and angst in general. <laughs> um, what did you think of all that? Was it too much? Appropriate amounts of angst? Well, I was thinking, oh, maybe it is a bit much. Him coming back to kill her at the end, maybe that was a bit much, but it kind of tipped the thing that that did is kind of tip the scale because when you find out that his mother is the one, the guy who raped her and killed her father, or didn't rape her, but almost raped her, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and killed her father, comes back at the end and tries to kill her. And I thought, do we really need all that? But it was Travis's mother, so Archer's aunt, who um, told told the guy where he could find her because he wanted him to come and kill her. And so that kind of tipped the scale, especially for Travis, I think it was, okay, she is a horrible person and she needs to go away. And so, Mm -hmm. and Archer just said, you need to leave or else, you know, we're going to uncover all your secrets. Yeah. Um, I think me, yeah, I think there was maybe a titch too much of the angst with a capital A for me. Um, but... I, I got it. Here's here's my quibble, and you can react to this, I'm sh- as I'm sure you will. And this tends to be my quibble with a lot of new adult, is that um, I wasn't always 100% sure if this was a healthy relationship. And the thing that I like here is that both of the characters recognize that, and that is, like, the big conflict is that he recognizes that he needs to take. Well, he a doesn't step want back. her. He doesn't want to rely on her to, you know, be his everything. Yeah, to to be the center of his everything. Like can't function without her, kind yeah. of thing. And that's why he feels the need to leave, and he takes off and and goes to experience life a little bit on his own without her there to order for him and to. Hold his hand. Yeah, and, and to be there for him. So that's, you know, I think that that was what he needed to. And so I like that that was rectified, but there was so much of the like, I can't live without you. I, you know, I well, can't even, trust you around other men because I will never live up to. It and even like, went all through the, um, like when they would have sex or whatever, and he's like, mine, mine, and and it was such a unhealthy possessiveness. Uh-huh. But then later on, it was more of a, you're mine just because I love you so much kind of thing. And it was a less of a possessiveness and more of just a love. And I think maybe it, it would have hit me better if we got to see kind of more of the fruits of that, you know, hero's journey that he takes. Um, and if we got to see that actually be rectified rather than like show as opposed to tell right that he's all better now wow um but there was just so much of that that i got kind of like okay these stupid 20 <laughs> somethings are they were young they were younger being, than we usually read being over dramatic as they always are but um 
So some of that I got bogged down with, I think. And I kind of got like, I don't know if I can get on board with these two because I don't think this is healthy. So I appreciate that he recognized that. And then when she left and like he, when he left and he kind of explained why he needed to leave, she also recognized like, I didn't really look at it that way, but I can see what he's saying. Right. And maybe he's right. And so I appreciate that they both recognize that. But yeah, I, I, I got bogged down a little bit in the process of that. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I, I didn't, but yeah. Um, anything else on like the general angst? No, I, there was a lot of angst in this book. There was. Indeed. <laughs> um, let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> this is where I have my little quibble. Let's hear it. There was a lot of it. There was a ton of it. And not, a, and that's fine if they have a ton of sex, but so much of it was described in detail. Yeah. And to the point where it's like, okay, okay, they're having, all right, all right. You know, it, yeah. it got, it's like them describing them walking, going for a walk every day and telling us every little detail well, about that walk. Because usually, you know, we get a couple like pivotal sex scenes and then maybe like a couple of fade to black. Right. There was no fade to black. No, every single one of them was described in immense in detail and they were very similar. Yeah. A lot of them. So it was a lot of, okay, there all was, right. There was a couple moments where I'm like, okay, I'm glad we got to see that right. as pertains to their relationship. But there was a lot where I was like, okay, I don't know. And especially because I was trying to hurry up and finish this one on time, I was like, Okay, uh, I know. I and, get it. And so it, I kind of got bogged down in that. That was my one little quibble. Yeah. Um, I loved the rest of it, but that was my one thing. And and I get that maybe some people might get all into the sex, but it just it was a lot of the same stuff over and over again. This and is, I was just like, this is the new adult thing. This <laughs> is why, because this is also a new adult thing. Is it explains. Yeah, and a I, lot of the sex stuff because new adults get into that, you know. Which God bless I'm an old, them. I'm an old adult. <laughs> you are, <laughs> and you know, give me a few sex scenes that are important. You know, maybe a discussion that's going on and during was, the sex scene. And, and there were some that were very beautiful, right. and like I said, pertinent to the relationship. And I appreciated them for. And can we just mention Virgin Hero Alert? Yeah, virgin Hero like, Alert, super Virgin Hero, like yeah, like. Super virgin Bless hero alert. Him. Bless his heart. Yeah. And of course, as as is the case in all of our virgin hero books, uh, he is amazing at <laughs> everything. Amazing. Right off the bat, <laughs> very little instruction is needed, and he's on it. And he wants nothing more than to make her happy and yeah. have her right pleasured. You yes. Know? Um. Yeah. Uh. And so I think that's where I liked some of their stuff. Right. And was... him learning and. Yeah, and so I, and that was fine. But then it just got kind of, all right, all right, okay. Yeah, yeah, I I would agree with that. And I also felt that way. Um, and maybe that's the prudes in us, but, you know. I mean, I've read a lot of pretty racy stuff. And I, you know, just, I don't know. I just felt like it was repetitive in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Um, what was your spooniest moment? Okay, it was just a little tiny thing. Well, first of all, the moment when he comes and explains to her about... He didn't 
he didn't have he didn't have sex with the girl in the strip club. I sobbed like a baby, and um, just she's like, "Do you know what it means to be with someone?" And he's like, "Yeah, I was with her." <laughs> just like oh, it's heartbreaking. But I loved when he brought her the little bouquet of almond, almond joys. joys. <laughs> that was really cute, and that is very like. Oh, we stole my soul. Um, my. And, and then, but also, when he does come to her house to explain, and they end up having a discussion about the, it's because it was raining, it was thundering, lightning. He says, yeah. I came because I know you don't like thunderstorms, yeah. and I'll just sit out on the porch so you know I'm just here in case you need me. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was, was really, really sweet. sweet. Um, my swinniest moment, which I'm shocked you did not pick, was the haircut. I, I was going to pick a haircut, and I thought, I'll, I'll leave that one for Ellen. But the haircut was a good one. <laughs> the haircut was just hot. Yeah, um, it was. And, and nice. And then the cute thing was afterwards, like the next day, when he's like, did you want me to kiss you? And she's like, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, yeah, so I feel like I've been dogging on this book. I did really like it. Um, it's... And I've talked about this on the show before, too. There's just... I think I'm just out of the new adult yeah. realm. And I liked this one way better than I usually like them. But um, but it's just... The things that bugged me here were the things that always bugged me about new adult. She did a good job of... Because there were multiple times where I was like, this is a romance book. This can't happen in a romance yeah. book. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot... Because him at the strip club, I was like, uh, this breaks all of the freaking rules. <laughs> and then him almost dying. And, like, she really made it seem like he, he died. died. <laughs> and I was like, and the mom was, you know, sitting next to me. And I was like, uh, this better not be happening right now or I'm going to be pissed. Um, yeah, there was, a, there was a few moments like that. Um, okay. But, yes. I, I did really like it. I want to make that clear. And I thought it was well written. I thought that she, there was a lot of things to like. In, there was more things to like than to not like. I will say that for sure. Well, and I mean, we give them a hard time, but I did like a lot of the side characters. I really liked the people she worked with. Yeah. Norm, Norm and, and Maggie. Maggie, yeah. Is that? And, um, and Anne. And her little neighbor. Yeah. And, you know, so I liked a lot of the side characters. Yeah. Um, let's hear what some of you thought about this book. Um, this one's interesting. It's very hit or miss for people, it seems like. Like, either really hit or, like, not great. So, uh, let's, let's hear what some people thought. Uh, Kristen, who I'm pretty sure was, like, who initially recommended, recommended this book. Uh, she said, I am so glad you ladies picked this one. I could go on forever about Brie and Archer. I felt all the feelings reading this, which I... Love when reading a book. I appreciate when a book uh, seeps into your bones, and that's what Archer did for me. It's emotional, sweet, sad, beautiful, even a little bit suspenseful, and has a healthy dose of angst. It was my gateway Mia Sheridan book back in November, and I've since read her entire backlist. It's a book that embodies the idea of beauty rising from ashes. It's written in a way that felt like I was being pulled into the pages with them. There are so many scenes and sentences that stuck with me, most of them being little moments or details, but they are what made this book for me. He randomly fixes a step on her porch while she's at work. That was That's sweet. Cute. Um, put, uh, putting antibiotic ointment on her scrapes, paying attention so that he notices her favorite snacks without her having to mention it. The way that she hugs him for the first time, even though he didn't hug her back. 
their lists. I could go on and on, and I guess I sort of am, lol. Uh, one of my favorite quotes, sometimes an understanding silence was better than a bunch of meaningless words. Um, and then she says, P.S. Any man who brings you Almond Joy bouquets and buys five <laughs> bags of potato chips just to pick out the folded oh, ones and puts them all in a really bowl sweet because he noticed those are your favorites is a man worth his weight in gold. That was a really sweet part. That was I really forgot sweet. about that one. Yeah. Um, I do want to say there were, it was really well written in that yeah. there were some phrases that I was like, wow, that's a great line, you know, yeah. and um. So it, I think it was really well written in that way. Yeah, totally. And I um, I really liked just the way that they communicate. And I will say, though, my as someone who's taken ASL classes before, they don't really talk like that, like incomplete sentences like that. So sometimes, like, I wish that that had been... At well, least I think she was trying to make it more reader friendly. I know. I and I totally get that. But even just a mention of like, because they do like speak in shorthand essentially right. and leave out a lot of. This would be one it would be hard to listen to the audiobook on. I think it would be hard to follow. Yeah, I would agree with that because like the italics definitely. Yeah, helps you know what's being <laughs> yeah. said. Um, okay, Cassie said, I read this book almost a year ago, and I can't remember any specifics about it. Swiss cheese brain over here. Oh, girl, I feel you on that. <laughs> but I know I loved it. I loved the representation of a hero who is mute. I can't wait to hear your thoughts about it. Um, coming from someone who, like, we have to, I have to have just read the book in order for us to talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> I totally get you, Cassie. Um, yeah. I have to have just read it, and I can't read any books. Like, yeah. I can't, st- I finished this one on Thursday, a couple yeah. days ago, and... I can't read anything in between because then it throws me off and I can't remember what the book was about. Okay, Natalie says, I can see why lots of people loved this one, but sadly it didn't work for me. I liked the premise and the character of Archer in particular intrigued me. It started off well, but as the book progressed, I felt like I was forcing myself to keep reading. I didn't care for Travis as an antagonist and all the bits with him, the strip club, telling Archer Bree was never going to stay in town, etc., seemed a bit like the author felt she had gotten the couple together too quickly and needed to add in drama. When there was a ton of great dramatic material already there. The side characters read as one dimensional to me. I'm a sucker for developed side characters, so that may be a personal preference thing. I can see what she's saying there. Um, Also, I was kind of miffed that Brie stopped having flashbacks the minute she stayed with Archer because I didn't think that's how trauma worked. Uh, there were some very cute romantic bits, the almond joy bouquet and the folded potato chips among them. And the sexy times were pretty steamy. I also appreciated the cute spy name puppies. Oh yeah. I like that. That was cute. (laughs) Little puppies. Um, and that they show up again in the epilogue is cute too. The, um, the, I was going to say something really important. I feel like I'm kind of like reading these listener comments. I feel like I'm between the two groups. Like I see where both sides are coming from. I'm like Switzerland here in this discussion because <laughs> like I see where everybody's coming from and I think I'm just kind of like in the middle of feeling meh about it and loving it. Well, the thing that she says about them, like the antagonist and, and then trying to drag it, like they yeah. got together so soon that they had to come up. I felt that way with the sex. I felt the sex was just filler for so much of it. And yeah. that's why it seemed repetitive to me is that all these sex descriptions just seemed like filler in the book to me. Yeah. Claire says, I love this book. My favorite Mia Sheridan. And I 
love almost all of her books. I love Archer, Bree, and their relationship. My heart broke many times for Archer because of his childhood. I wanted him to be happy so much, and his cousin pissed me off so much. I need to reread it again for the millionth time. Um, Jessica says, I completely agree with everything Natalie said, who was the one who was mad about it. And I can't think of much else to add. This book was just okay for me. I was able to see the twists a mile away, Archer's parentage and the junkie showing up at the diner. So there was nothing really surprising to me. I ended up feeling somewhat disappointed because I think the premise is interesting and unique, but how the book progressed didn't really work for me. Um, parentage, I actually like was kind of, when it happened, I was like, oh, I should have seen that one. Coming. Yeah. Um, and then the junkie coming, I always knew he was going to show up, but I thought it was going to be a much bigger thing than it ended up being. Like, right. I thought that was going to be like the whole second half of the book or something like that. Um, when it's just kind of a fleeting, well, it gets Archer almost dead. But... And maybe that's because we just read that Kennedy Ryan where, you know. <laughs> it turns it's, in, it's it like... is this whole thing. Um, but yeah, so I can I can see where that's all coming from though. Um Stacy says, This was my first Mia Sheridan book and I loved it. Archer was a great character. I particularly loved that the male was the innocent one. I liked that they were both broken and helped heal each other, although the flashback stopping instantly was not realistic as said above, and I thought the steaminess was hot. I have a tendency to skip slash skim sex scenes and look for the next bit of dialogue, but I devoured these. Um, I was kind of the opposite. But. <laughs> I was too. But um, that's the hard, and I'm also a like kind of skim for dialogue, and I'm like, I can't do that in this book. What the heck? <laughs> there isn't a lot of dialogue. Well, there is, but you there gotta. Is. <laughs> but it's harder. To, it's harder to find. <laughs> Um, Megan says, I liked this book. I can see why some people love it and some parts of it really worked for me, but overall it wasn't a love. I've read two other Mia Sheridan books and this was definitely my favorite of the three. I liked the premise, but often found it to be melodramatic in a way that really only appeals to me in historicals. I felt like that's interesting. Does the melodrama, hmm, I might be on board with you there, Megan, in that melodrama appeals to me more in historicals. I think because it feels more like... More fictional, where these are definitely fiction, but they... Like, yeah. this would never happen in anyone's real life up around now. Yeah. Huh. Well, on that note, I was so shocked that it took them forever to come up with the idea of getting him a cell phone yeah. and letting him text. I was like, really? This is... We're just now at the end of the book coming up with this idea? And why didn't Brie come up with this idea? And also, get him a computer. Let him do some stuff... You know, because yeah. he's so into learning stuff and, you know, let him get him a computer. Especially now that he's got money, which I'm sure they did. But, um, okay, back to Megan. She says, I felt like some of the phrasing and language just did not fit in contemporary, especially some of the things Archer would say. I know he's been, and I, okay, so especially some of the things Archer would say. And I think that's where my ASL learning kind of bugged me because I'm like, they don't get this flowery in right. ASL. Right. You can't. Yeah. Um, okay. I know he's been isolated, but it felt more like he was saying things that a woman would want a man to say and not what a man would actually say. 
Well, that's always the case. <laughs> it's a romance book. <laughs> also, I think the author really likes the phrase beautiful boy, but I found it to be irritating and overused. She used it even more in Leo, which is another book by Mia Sheridan. Ugh, I'd be interested to hear what other people's favorite books by her are. According to Goodreads, Archer's voice and Leo look the most popular, but Leo was a major letdown for me. Um, And yeah, so if anybody has any insight into the Mia Sheridan back catalog, let Megan know. My problem with the beautiful boy phrase is I felt like it was, you know how we, it bugs us in historicals, especially like baby girl or yeah, when they refer to them with these, like the diminutives. Yeah. That make them seem very young. And that's what this kind of did, but it didn't bother me as much as it does in the historicals where, you know, your 36 year old hero and the 16 year old girl. (laughs) But, um, and he's always referring to her as a little girl or baby Well, and especially because Travis does that a lot, too. Right. Like, refers to him as kid, and it pisses her off, but yet, you know, she's doing she the, same, does the thing. same thing. And I get it because he's very childlike. I mean, we already brought that yeah. out because of the way he was brought up, but, um, you know, it, it still seemed a little weird. Yeah. Especially when it's, like, used multiple times, it kind of right. gets... Um, Cammie says, I'm finally on schedule and reading with everyone else. I get to comment. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) I'm a slow reader with two kiddos running around, so I'm usually too late to the party. Anyway, I went back and forth with this one. At first, I loved it. Then I hated the strip club scene. It made me so angry, and it took me a while to get over it. I hated Travis and Victoria so much. For a long time, I hated the whole town and was upset how all the men were portrayed. Travis redeemed himself a bit by the end. I'm glad they ran Victoria out of town because I was really nervous that they were just going to let her and Travis continue to run the town. I really loved Bree and Archer. So much love and devotion to each other. I was bothered that Bree's flashbacks just disappeared all of a sudden when they were such a big part at first. I feel like they should have come back at certain points. I also really wanted more of Anne, Maggie, and Norm. I'm glad I read this to the end, and overall, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, the flashbacks thing, yeah, they could have at least petered out. Right. Or her not having one that day was, like, a huge deal because... But then, you know, to have... It's still, like, a healing process. Like, I think they can taper off a bit. Or, you know, like, she still goes through, like, traumatic moments. Like, maybe after she, like, picked him out of the photo line. Right, especially when she goes back to... Ohio. Indianapolis, or... Yeah, Ohio, Ohio. sorry. Um, (laughs) Some Midwest. (laughs) Somewhere over there. And, um... Especially after she goes back there, as she's picking him out of the lineup, you know, yeah. going through all that process, it seemed like maybe it would have been a good time to, you know, revisit Maybe that cut thing. out a sex scene or two for that <laughs> We put some of that stuff back. Um, Allison says, just finished, and honestly, that was more like hard work than I expected. Ooh, wow. Um, I loved a lot of things about the premise. The mute hero intrigued me, and I do love me some angst, but there was a bit too much melodrama for my liking. I struggled to like Archer at some points. His possessive marking her when they went out with her friends was a definite red flag for me. Yeah. And the abrupt disappearance for three months seemed unnecessarily cruel. Yeah, I kind of, yeah. It kind of made me think about Safe Haven, the film based on the Nicholas Sparks book, but I've only watched it so far, with the woman running to a rural, rural, I hate that word, rural, rural juror, the rural cottage, hiding from her past, although that's where the similarities end. Some aspects of uh, Archer's naivete were a little uncomfortable to deal with, and the relationship at times felt a little too codependent, but it pulled together in the end. Yeah. 
I'm, well, we kind of discussed all that already. Yeah. Um, the only bit to sort of arouse my feelings was when they were texting. The lists were adorable, more actual getting to know one another rather than the constant sharing of past trauma than falling into bed or couch or beach. <laughs> Definitely only a low level like, not a love. Um, so that's so that's the listener comments. And like I said, it's very kind of... Yeah, because I, I really love this book. Like you said, it might have been where I was. I was in a very peaceful spot in my life. <laughs> yeah. And I was not this week. <laughs> with, sucked. Just nothing going on. Yeah. Life is good. Um, away from home where no one can get in touch with me. <laughs> yeah. Mom likes that. I do. I like it a lot. <laughs> I come to Ellen's and just, everybody leave me alone. But um, I really liked it. And I loved him especially. Yeah. And um, there were just parts of it I really liked. I get that it was very melodramatic, but it's a fiction story. You know? You yeah. And... Yeah, I mean, I've already expressed how I the things where I got hung up. Um, I did really like it though, and yeah, I liked them both as characters, and um, I liked these kind of like broken um, people coming together. And because I would agree, there was stuff about the relationship that bothered me, like the possessiveness. But then that was part of the journey. I think. I think. Yeah, that was part of. And the it's like I said, I. I forgave it because they called it out and tried to like fix, fix it. it. Yeah. And if that had not been the case, I really probably would, would not have, have liked this it. book. Um, but I appreciated that that they grew, you know, in their relationship and as individuals and got away from that. And yeah. Um, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on Archer's Voice by Mia Sheridan. I would say it's it's a win, even though I feel yeah. like I've ragged on it, but I did really like it. Um, we would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On February 3rd, we will be discussing The Virtuoso by Grace Burroughs in our next mini episode. Uh, for now, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be talking about second chance romance and fresh starts, so stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Kensington's newest title from Alexandra Ivy, Intended Victim. New York Times bestselling author Alexandra Ivy delivers a novel of romantic suspense about a vicious killer who attempts to punish the one that got away. It's a creepy tale with a hot hero in law enforcement and a feisty heroine aiming to stay out of the killer's clutches. Um, Mom, we like those, right? Oh, yeah. We've been talking about how, like, all weekend we've been watching what we call murder shows, but <laughs> our true crime, um, you know, shows. Yeah. Um, so. I'm all about the suspense and those law enforcement. Any boys. of those romantic suspenses are going to be up our alley. So when lookalike corpses start piling up, one Chicago cop makes it his mission to protect that one, his former fiance, and he'll stop at nothing to put the madman behind bars for good. Demonstrating her strong plotting ability, Alexandra Ivy delivers a tale full of chilling suspense and unforgettable twists. Her blend of electrifying thrills, complex characters, and taut pacing is certain to captivate readers of romantic suspense and crossover female thriller readers. So you can find Intended Victim by Alexandra Ivy wherever books are sold. Um, find out more at kensingtonbooks.com. Join us in finding out more about that. Yeah, I would like to do that. All right. 
welcome back. So one of the Jessicas on our Facebook group, we have multiple Jessicas. Many Jessicas. Um, on our Facebook group has been running a reading challenge for all the members where each month uh, we all read whatever book that fits into that month's theme. Uh, this month, appropriately with the new year, was Second Chance Romance and or Fresh Start. Uh, so we thought we would talk about that. Um Mom, we've talked before about how these are not always your or our favorite uh, trope. So tell me more about that. Re- revisit that for me. Um, <laughs> it's not always my favorite, and I've mentioned this before, either because, um, on a second chance romance, either because I can't figure out why they broke up to begin with because they're still so in love Mm -hmm. or I can't figure out why she's giving him a second chance because he was so horrible. The one book, I'm not going to remember the name of it, so that's where you come in. Um, Give me something to work with. Something to work with. It was in this, it's the second in the series on my road trip book that I really like. Um, A Rogue, no. A Rogue Not Taken is the first one. A Rogue Not Taken is the first one and the second one is, remember she... Um, her sister was married to that guy and he was so horrible. So that, it's the, that's not the second book. It's, it's the, like the last one in that Something series. about the Duchess. Yeah. The Day of the Duchess? Sure. Okay, something like that. I don't remember. Maybe I'll look it up. Is it Sarah McLean? Yeah. Okay. Um, and that's one where, and then like she's come, they've come to ask for divorce and then they end up, he wants her to help him find his next wife. Mm-hmm. Right? Am I remembering it right? Yep. yep. And that's one where I was like, I don't get why you're going back to him. He was kind of a jerk. And well, and he was a jerk, like, in the whole series. Yeah. So he The was, Day of the Duchess. You were right. Called it. Um, and that was one where I was like, he was such a dick. Why would you go back to him? So that there's just that element. Um, element. Well, and you've books. talked before, it's either that you don't understand why they broke, broke up. up or you don't understand why they want to get back together. Yeah. And um, I've, I've read some second chance romance that I think is very successful in, uh-huh. in clearing that up. Um, I Okay, so this month I read Love and Other Words by Christina Lauren and I read Love Her or Lose Her which they, those are both second chance romance. And then we said that we, mom and I were talking about how the Kingmaker and Rebel King. Cause I was saying, I haven't read one. And I was like, well, wait a minute. The Kingmaker is really kind of mm-hmm. a second chance romance. And then we, and then someone on Facebook pointed out that Archer's voice is like definitely a fresh start. Cause yeah, for her. Um, and so I would, I think actually, uh, love in other words and, uh, love her or lose her and Kingmaker are all, really successful um, second chance romance. Um, it's it's just not... And I think a lot of why it's not my favorite trope, I agree with your reasoning. I think part of my reasoning is um, I like the new love. Yeah. I like seeing them fall in love. And a lot of times that is like kind of shown in flashbacks with a second chance romance, but I like kind of that fresh spark and that new love and seeing that happen as opposed to like, we've got all this baggage, let's work it out and 
find well, it again. Because you could even, um, what's my favorite uh, knitting in the city? The ninja. I'm oh, not going to remember. Love it. First. Fi- no. No. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that's kind of. Cause <laughs> the ninja one. <laughs> they're married. Craig but, and Fiona. Yeah. But their marriage is kind of like losing its luster a little bit. Yeah, so it's not even a second chance. It, I think that's kind of more like fresh start. But but then this thing happens where he gets kidnapped and she has to go try and find him and all that great stuff. I mean, it was like one of my favorite books in the whole series. And um, so that in itself is kind of a like rekindling, can you yeah, say? Yeah. And um, so sometimes I've seen it done really well and I really enjoy it. And then other times, but a lot of other times I'm just like, eh. But do you know what I mean? Like, I just don't, like, diving into people's baggage is not my favorite. Right. Um, and I kind of more, I like more of the, like, flirty banter, you know. Right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know that I like that? Yes, I know. Um, so, uh, I think that's where where I land with it. But, like I said, when it's done well, I I. I mean, when it's done well, it doesn't matter what the trope is. Right. Right? It's it's just if it's a good book or not. But um, but it's definitely not going to be... I mean, like, a lot of these second chances that we're talking about are all by authors who have, like, solidified themselves for me. So, like, I'm just going to read anything that they write. <laughs> um, and so... Uh, I, so I do appreciate when it's someone who I like a lot who tries their hand at a second romance because a second chance romance because um, then I'm more likely to read it. Yeah. I, but it's not necessarily a trope that I'm gonna go seek out like a new author for a second chance romance. Um, I wanted to kind of lay out what everybody else in the group read for their second chance romance just in case it is your bread and butter and you're looking for a good one and if you want to know kind of more what people thought about these books definitely head over to the Facebook group and check it out um so me and Deborah both read Love and Other Words by Christina Lauren and me and Lori both read Love Her or Lose Her by Tessa Bailey Jessica read Private Arrangements by Sherry Thomas for her second chance romance. And then for her fresh start, she read How to Flirt with a Naked Werewolf by Molly Harper, which have you read that one? I haven't. It must, is it in that same series? I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, Elsa read One Day in December by Josie Silver. Elsa also read The Good Luck Charm by Helena Hunting. She's an overachiever. Um, Jen read Paper Hearts by Claire Contreras. Emily read Twice in a Blue Moon by Christina Lauren. Uh, Lorenda, hope I'm saying your name right. Uh, she read Love, X's and O's by Violet Duke. Uh, Melina read Focus by Carla Sorensen. Nav read Hot to the Touch by J.C. Burton. And Alexandra wrote, read It Takes Two by Jenny Holiday. Um, so definitely head over to the Facebook group. And, and I've mentioned before that another successful one I thought was the Mariana Zapata. The, um, the best thing. The best thing. Yeah. No, there there are good ones out there and there's even some that are out there that I think I don't think of as second chance romance but I'm like oh yeah that is like mom was saying well the kingmaker and rebel king are and I'm like oh yeah I I guess (laughs) they are but um but that one also shows them falling in love right and it shows like their whole process it just includes the second chance romance right because it spans a long time yeah um Anyway, so I think that's what we need to say on Second Chance Romance. Did we cover it? I think so. (laughs) 
So um, not our favorite trope, but we have had some su- yeah, success with for some. sure. And that's going to be the case with any trope, right? Um, so thanks so much for, for joining us. Again, if you would like to join us for The Virtuoso by Grace, Grace Burroughs in one week on February 3rd, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at NotYourMomsRom or on Facebook or Goodreads or email us at NotYourMomsRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them. All right. Let's go back and watch some murder shows, Mom. I'm on it. All right. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.